The Commentary Booth is a show for media lovers by media lovers just like you. If you want to support the show, go to pariomagazine.com.au. Welcome to the Commentary Booth, the ultimate weekly entertainment recap and review show. My name is Jamie Apps, and each week I'll be joined by a rotating cast of co-hosts to run you through the entertainment media we've consumed during the week. Along the way, we'll provide you with insightful commentary and reviews. This week I'm joined by a freelance social commentator who lists their favourite movie as American Psycho and favourite TV show as Peaky Blinders. Welcome back to the show, Blake Robinson. Hello, hello. Hope everyone's had a wonderful weekend. Did the how the Tigers go this week? Oh man, 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 man. Oh, um, if anyone watched the game, I don't know how barbaric it was. There's a I've never seen a finish like that. That was crazy. Yeah, I saw the results of the Sharks game. I was like, oh god. Oh, oh yeah. Well, Sharks pretty much lost in the same similar manner to the Tigers did on top all game, and last three minutes got done. Yeah, I was. I'm um, actually. I had money on the Sharks, so I was a bit gutted as well, as mm. much as I hate them. <laughs> yeah, like, it's two weeks in a row where we've started well and then fallen apart, so that's fun. Yeah, unlike the week before, we um started shot, but come home pretty strong, we just fell short. Oh, I don't know, I'm used to disappointment, it is what it is. Yeah, you gotta sort of got to be that way with footy at some time. Good to say the Dragons just lose then, though. Unless your team is the Storm and just dominate. See, I love watching Storm play. Everyone hates the Storm. I love watching them play. They're good to watch, but they're not a team that I support. See, I don't hate them. I almost like, I have a big thing for the Storm. Of course you are one of those people. I hate Penrith. I love watching Penrith play. Hate them, but hate them. But, see, I love watching Storm play, but also love Storm. They're great over here. Good for footy. Storm are playing well. Footy's going well. Yeah. Did you uh, do anything for the races yesterday as well? Oh, nah, but I was up there last weekend. Of course. So, I could, um, yeah, I just had a punt on the lounge yesterday. But yeah, I went up last weekend. It was good, good fun. Heaps of people there, which is good to see. Normality, our favourite word these days. Yeah, it is good. Um, did you did you commemorate uh, Prince Philip? No, no. See, I was too busy commemorating. Um, no, I was too busy commemorating DMX. Okay, yeah, that's fair enough. That's that's probably more in your more in your wheelhouse. No, yeah, they um no, they had flags at half mast at Ramek, which is good. Uh, show signs to the loss of DMX. I was, yeah, I was flicking through the channels yes last night, and I was like, oh my god, does this have to be on every channel? Oh yeah, I was actually yeah, I had the TV on for a couple of minutes before I watched uh, the footy, and yeah, it was madness. Yeah, like every I think there was one there was one channel that didn't have the print the Philip memorial service and that was win or something and they just had like ambulance and the emergency services shows like which is just average but i i preferred to watch that than someone's funeral like ugh, i don't need five channels of funeral service yeah i don't know them he didn't didn't he say because he, he planned his own funeral apparently and he wanted it to be low-key i'm pretty sure that wasn't low-key <laughs> yeah no. when it's beamed all around the world not exactly lucky. Um, it got me thinking though. Someone told me I should watch The Crown. Have you ever watched it? Um, I've watched. 
how much have I watched? I have started it. I didn't finish it, but... Is it Snooze Fest? No, it's actually interesting. And, like, I found that I learned a lot about the, like... Yeah, for sure, man. Oh. ...history of the royal family, but it's also, like, their hour, if not longer, episodes, and there's, like, eight or nine seasons of it. So you're... To start it now, it's kind of a a big slog. Yeah, stretch. Yeah, I don't know about that. There needs to be a movie just for me to <laughs> watch, catch up on. What isn't? Is it? What is any decent? I'm, there's obviously hundreds of them, but I can't think of like a good royal family movie off the top of my head. Not of the modern royal family, I guess. Yeah, there's nothing really. I think it's sad to say, but I th- the Queen is probably getting pretty close to to going. Oh, she can't. I don't think she she wouldn't last much longer without um. Philip. The big, the big all's gone. Yeah. I think once she goes, I might go back and re-finish the crown and like, because it's all about her. So if I go back and watch it then, I feel like I can get her whole story. Um, yes, I was curious to see what happens when um, she dies. Like, what, what happens? Because um, I was reading up on it. Pretty interesting. Yeah, well. Surely a few days of mourning for Australia. Yeah. And then, yeah, Charles steps up. Sure. You know what Australia's like, though. It wouldn't be a few days of mourning. A few days of... A few days of beers. Or maybe a few days of drowning sorrows. <laughs> Jackson's favourite time. Yeah, it's true. Speaking of Peaky Blinders, as it's mentioned as my favourite show, the actress who plays uh, Polly Gray... Yeah, I saw that. ...died over the weekend. Yeah, Helen McCrory. She had cancer. She's only 52. Yeah. Like, I saw the news. I was like, I have no idea who that lady is. And then they mentioned on the news, like, oh, she played this person in Peaky Blinders. I was like, oh, I know who she is. Yeah, Aunt Polly. Yeah, it's pretty. That's pretty interesting. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't even know she's sick. Which I don't know if they're halfway through filming season six. But yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> Bloody hell! Give us some epies. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Though they might even they might kill her out, kill her off the show. Maybe that could be a reason that they've delayed filming. Yeah, because they're I'm not sure. rewriting to try to kill her off. We'll find out. Ooh, yeah. One day when if they ever release this season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The way. Peaky Blinders aren't known for putting their seasons out rapidly. I was um I was glad glad you put me onto Taboo though that Tom Hardy show that really tied me over. Oh, that was a good. Oh, geez, that was good. And um, did, when were we talking that um there is there is plans for a second season even though it was what filmed three or four years ago. I think they're still in the pipe. Yeah, they they haven't ruled it out, but there's no set plans at the moment. It's definitely because there's definitely a an ending that needed more hey mm-hmm. yeah i would love to see more of taboo that was good i'm due for new tom hardy too because he's got nothing coming up nothing that i know of always due for some tom he's, hardy. he's one of those people that just like randomly pops up and things like oh okay and you wouldn't know it's tom hardy like bane <laughs> yeah yeah he's probably been in like half a dozen movies where we just haven't noticed yeah you don't even know it's probably in all the all the new star wars <laughs> As a stormtrooper or something. Pretty sure I watched something else recently that tied Tom Hardy in it, like an old movie. I don't, is he in the Gentleman? Yeah, yeah, he is. He's oh yeah, that was it. Yeah, that's right. Jeez, that's a good movie. I was so disappointed it took me so long to watch that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm surprised it took you so long to watch that. Oh, so this is baller. And um, what else did I watch? Oh, 1917. I was like, why have I taken so long to watch this? Oh, you finally watched it. Yeah, bro. How good? How good? <laughs> I still haven't seen Dunkirk though. Good, but not as good as um nineteen seventeen. It's got Harry Styles in it though, so it must be good. And isn't Cillian Murphy in it? I think so. Yeah. Well, maybe I can watch that as a bit of a 
Anzac Day this weekend. Wow, maybe I can watch a bit of a rev up. What other good Anzac Day movies are there? The Gallipoli, obviously, is a classic. Is yeah, that Mel Gibson? and I've watched yeah. um, The Battle of Long... Is it The Battle of Long Tan? That's a good one as well. A few years old, a... Not old, not new. Yeah, maybe I can do that quite Saturday night before a potential dawn service appearance. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so like we were talking about the crown, diving into something big and extensive, you encouraged me to watch Drive to Survive. Yes, um, I, um, it's very good. I started on season three. Well, that's all right. You don't, it's like, it just follows the seasons. I have that's what I figured. I was like, I should go back and watch all of these. I haven't watched season two, actually. Yeah, I was like, I should go back and watch all of these, but I was like, Blake's going to be talking about season three. I can dive in. It's not like there's going to be overarching storylines that I'm lost on. Like, there might be a little couple of references here or there, but they they do a good job of cutting back. It's just very well made, hey. So good. I can't believe I waited three seasons to watch this show because I love Formula One. Huge. They must, the budget must be massive. I think I noticed too, everyone's sort of, like, it's a big, like, a lot of stubborn individuals, a lot of big egos in that sport. And everyone seems to be, like, happy to have the cameras there, happy to do the interviews, which surprised me a lot, like, how everyone was just cooperating with it. And they um they always, like, joke around and, like, mention Netflix in it. Like, they mention they've got their cameras. It's um very good. Um Yeah, um, I imagine each team's getting some sort of payment out of it. Like, it. It's one of those sports where they're not doing it if they're not getting paid for it. Yeah, but um, I, I did notice on um George Russell posted on Twitter, he was in the interview chair for and they um did this is like a season four, um teaser. So we've got season four locked in. They're filming it now. Yeah, yeah. So they're filming on this season, which will be interesting after the the season that was thrown into chaos at the beginning of last year. Um, so yeah, it was good to see all that. Um, weird, very yeah, weird. Yeah, because I, I, I remember the, the Melbourne Grand Prix got it was like last minute decision to can it yeah i think it was like the day before or something wasn't it It was like it might have been like saturday afternoon before qualifying yeah um it's good they got all that there's some good yeah they got they catch it everything during covid season very well i was a big fan of it but um the production's insane for a documentary the thing i was like crazy tripped out about was they were all talking about um with the season being so heavily impacted and races being cancelled, there's heaps of teams talking about, oh, we might have to fold. I'm like, it's Formula One. Like, how are you on such tight budgets? Like, you should be... Well, you've seen what happened with Haas. They had to, they had to get rid of both their drivers because their new sponsor, it was a German company, and they requested a German driver. Like, it's... Yeah, but I suppose, yes... When they sign contracts, they have to meet certain targets, and if they're not racing, they can't meet those targets, and they don't have money. So, yeah, I was, I was just, I was flabbergasted by how like how tight their budgets be. I, I figured they'd be making absolute massive profits each season, but apparently not. They must be like right on the wire every time. The factory teams are like Mercedes and Ferrari because they got like manufacturing backing, whereas other teams are relying on sponsors or Red Bulls, obviously. They've got a lot of money, they're not a factory team, but yeah, when the teams are relying on other engines and other sponsors, they not haven't got any other income, so their, their income is from the track. I did love that it sort of, like, it follows the season, but it doesn't follow, like, race by race, like, they jump forward and, like, 
here's this driver's story over the course of four races or and then I'll go back and stuff like that. Like that was cool. I seen in the trailer too, obviously the famous Roman Grosjean fireball crash. I watched seen that in the trailer, I was like, Oh my god, yes, I'm so keen for that episode. I think what they saved it to um save it to second last. I was touching, man. Oh, I got a bit watery in some scenes. That that episode where um where him and his wife are sitting in the chair talking about the crash. I was like, wow, this is heavy. Like, this is a really heavy moment in this it was. otherwise fairly lighthearted show, you would say. Yeah, I got a um, weird feeling from my body. Yeah, it was very emotional. Mm. That crash was ridiculous. Yeah, bro, I um, like, I remember it. I remember watching it, but um, I didn't realise he was actually sitting in the car for so long. Like, 2 minutes 45 or something. He was sitting in the car while I was on fire. Yep, and his family thought he was dead, like, that whole time. Yeah, so it's it's gone from like focusing on like the early episodes was the Haas episodes where like um like Grosjean was fighting for her because he got told he hasn't got a seat next year, so he's gone stressing it out if he's going to have a drive for the following year. To after the crash, he's like has no interest. It's just completely changed him. Like he was convinced he was dead, <laughs> so he's like, yeah, I'm not doing that again. I'm not putting my family at risk. They've already thought I'd die once. Yeah, like when he was talking about when he crashed and he was stuck under that barrier and he tried to stand up and. Yeah, how crazy that! He actually went through the, through the barrier, I like, and got stuck under. It. The barrier didn't collapse; he went straight through it. <laughs> if he went all the way through, he'd have been fine. But it was because he got sort of stuck underneath. Mm. He went to stand up and get out of the car and hit his head, and was like, "Oh, I must have flipped and be stuck against a wall or upside down." So then he just sat down and waited. And then when he saw the fire, he was like, "Oh, hang on!" So, like, looked to his left, and it was just all orange. So then he tried to go right, hit his head again, tried to go left, hit his head again. So then he just sat there and just resigned himself. He just, yeah, he sort of sat there and nearly, yeah, nearly accepted the defeat. Because, yeah, he, say, he says, um, I was sitting there thinking, which part is going to burn first and is it going to hurt? Crazy, hey. Imagine that thought process. No worries. No wonder he's got a second lease on the life. Yeah, he said he saw his saw like his family and was like, no, I have to actually do something. So he physically put his hands into the fire to force himself out, and that's how his hands got Crazy. so burnt. Yeah, <clears throat> um, he still hasn't like fully recovered. I love that he could see the the light hearted, funny side to it though. When he went back to meet the team, and he was talking about, well, they're talking about doing skin grafts. So whenever I shake someone's hand, they're going to be touching my butt. Ah, yes. Yeah, I remember him saying that. I was like, that's awesome. I'm glad he can still see the, the funny side of it, even though. Yeah, it would have been a pretty big ride for everyone. Like, watching. Could have made it. shook everyone on pit lane. But then they had to go back out and race. Yeah, like straight <laughs> like after. They ran for the race and far out, bro. Imagine the Surely the driver's got to get him today. Let's, just, let's, just, let's just slow it down a bit. Like, this is ridiculous. But, and especially because it happened one year after that Formula 2 crash as well. Like, they touch on that in the episode six with Pierre Gasly talking about how his best mate died in the Formula 2 crash. Yeah, I've seen your tweet about Gasly. He's awesome. He's a particular pers- particular personality. You know, he did um, he did fight very hard after he got dropped from Red Bull. Yeah, like that, that, that's what made me like him. I was like, he just got dumped from the top team. I was like, no, stuff this, and went out and won the next uh, couple of races. Like, yeah, look at this. Like, I... I deserve this spot. Like, don't just kick me out. And then they ended up kicking out the guy that took his seat anyway. Like, Red Bull were just so quick to change drivers if they weren't winning. 
Yeah, because um, Albon, they were marking around there, eh, with him. They did not give him a chance at all, no. really. He got, what, a season and a half? They're always going to be second second driver to Verstappen there. Italian Grand Prix is actually on the night. Yeah, so I've, I've really enjoyed Pierre Gasly when he, like, he he talked talked in depth about, like, his best mate dying. And I went back and watched the episode where that crash happens. And yeah. That's another really heavy one in season two. Yeah, um, when they put the flowers down on the track wall. Did you see that crash ever? No. I knew I knew about it. It's a full-on crash. Like, it's no surprise that the guy died. Oh, yeah, but I, like, I knew about it when it happened. But, yeah, I wasn't watching. It's on a high-speed corner and yeah. the car in front of him spun. So him and the car, neck, they were like side by side. They went wide to avoid this other car that spun out, touched wheels, it shot him into the wall, and then after he hit the wall, he bounced back out in front of the race, but sideways. Yep. So then another car has come up through that corner at full speed and hit him, like T-boned him. Wild, hey. So I was like, he had no hope. Like, he was gone. Yeah, they got no protection there. Well, they do now, sort of, they do that, um, that sort of front the halo ring thing. guard thing. Yeah, like, yeah <clears throat> that helps a bit, but you can't get out that quick. But still scary. Like, even in season three, you see that guy that's, um, he's following the cars and one of them hits the gravel and then shoots the gravel into his hand. He's like, I think my hand's broken. It's like two laps in. He's like, I just got to push through. Oh, yeah. Crazy. That's a crazy sport. So, yeah, very keen for season four. I'm glad they're renewing it. I looked at that. The Australian Grand Prix is at the end of this year, so that's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's in um, November. I'm actually um, putting my name down to get tickets. Nice. And they come out. Yeah, I've been down before. It's a very fun weekend. Yeah, I've always wanted to go down to that. Like, I feel like that'd be a cool one to go to. It's um, it's one of those things, same like the Australian Open, like such a big sporting event, like worldwide sporting event. And it's just in our backyard, but we don't really... Like we watch it on TV, and then we don't really stop and think, hang on, why don't we just go? Like, it's, it's like a huge event. <laughs> it's an hour flight. Like, like there's only... It's X amount, 12 Grand Prix a year, and they are the whole world, four Grand Slams a year, which is crazy, and we've got in Australia. Jeez, people in Melbourne are blessed, aren't they? Oh, yeah. I'd... Um, Monaco's another one that I really want to go to. Oh, bro, that's my number one. That is my favourite race of the year. That's one I always make sure I watch. I've always, I've always wanted to do a little trip that includes yeah Monaco and the the French Open all around the same time. I think um Silverstone British Grand Prix is on as well, all in the same little month. I think the, it's a good month. The Tour de uh, yeah the Tour de France is on around that time as well. Like that's the time you want to go to Europe and hit up all those sports. It's gold, eh? Soccer's on. At the- yeah, if you can sneak a World Cup in. <laughs> I think when I went to Europe in 2014, that was when the World Cup was on in Brazil. I went, I went to Wimbledon. There was heaps on. There was like three Grand Prix on when I was over there. Heaps happening. What do you got? Let's start fresh. Yeah, so I watched um, a documentary on Binge. Binge, yeah. Not familiar with the Binge, eh? So this one's very different to Drive to Survive. This one was called Q Into the Storm. Uh and it's an American documentary series that focuses on the QAnon conspiracy and the people behind it. So it's um it's six episodes, six episodes all about an hour in length, um, and it focuses on the people associated with the the website 8chan. 
which you might have heard of like as the place where all the the racists and suicide manifestos and stuff like like the the shooter manifestos and stuff like that go yeah i was familiar with 4chan back in the day yeah so apparently 8chan is like 4chan on steroids like it's way worse yeah true Um, and the site owners are jim watkins and his son ron watkins is the administrator and it's originally created by a man called frederick brennan yeah i'm looking at him right now and uh so 8chan ended up becoming like the place where this person known as Q would post all of these random posts suggesting that uh, the American political system had a satanic worshipping cannibalistic pedophile ring running the whole world. It's truth. And uh, eventually Donald Trump was like looked at as the savior and was going to end this sort of crazy satanic cult um and this documentary sort of digs into what the QAnon conspiracy is where it came from and tries to work out who's behind it so during the course of the six episodes we sort of come to know about frederick jim and ron and they interview them. They interview a bunch of jur- like legitimate journalists as well as QAnon YouTubers and podcasters. And it all, over the course of the six episodes, it sort of all builds up to the, the US Capitol building being um, stormed. Really? That's heaps good. goes into COVID. It goes into everything. And then... Wasn't that? That was all... That was all like February this year. Yeah. So the whole... Um, like, that was all organized. Wasn't that a Facebook event? Yep. And 8chan. So, like, yes. this whole, like, QAnon conspiracy, one of the things that was constantly said was, like, a storm is coming or prepare for the storm and things like that. And then it eventually got to the point where they stormed the Capitol building. Yeah, right. And by the end of this documentary, it kind of suggests that Q was just Ron Watkins, who is the owner and administrator of 8chan, simply trying to encourage people to come to the website and see what he could how he could manipulate society so it's a wild circle of life yeah and just like the whole QAnon conspiracy like you just every time i heard about it on the news or heard about it online i was like how are people believing this it's just ridiculous and the fact that this so-called government insider would so closely align himself with this one website yeah if I was going to be leaking information, I wouldn't want to be tied to this one specific spot. Like, I want to have multiple outlets so that if I get shut down on one, I'm not gone. Oh, very, um, very confident in it. Hey, I'm just reading. Uh, yeah, I'm just. I've got it up now. Just a bit about the the show. Just looking at the episode names and that seems pretty full on. Hey, what did you say? I was on binge. By the end of it, there's just all these cons. Far too many like coincidences that sort of all point to Ron, and he slips up a couple of times where he's like, "No, I never heard of this person." And then like two episodes later, he's like, "Yeah, this person did this, this, and this, and this." And you're like, "Didn't you just tell me you don't know that person? Like you've never heard of that person before?" Or yeah, or he's like, "No, I don't. I don't really read the the Q posts or the threads and stuff." And then like two seconds later, he's like, "Yeah, so I've been doing all this research and digging in and like." 
you just keep like shooting your own foot. Did they um? Does a what did they end up coming about that the storming of the Capitol building? Um, a bunch of people been arrested and are facing trial, so they're gonna all yeah. End is up that it? In prison? Oh, I mean. really? What are they getting arrested for? Well, yeah, you're not allowed to uh deface government property and yeah threaten government officials essentially that was wild i couldn't man i couldn't believe what i was seeing on the news that morning yeah like my jaw was on the floor i was like what the i woke up and was like is this what the heck it was one of those things like even like 9 11 like you woke up and you go this can't be real it was a 9 11 type of news break i was like what the hell am i watching this is nuts i remember like when 9-11 happened, I was in hospital. I woke up in the middle of the night, turned the TV on, and saw the saw the second plane hit live. Yeah, I watched live too, man. I thought, this is a hectic movie. And then I sort of kept watching. I thought, oh, man, this is not a movie. I potentially didn't even go to school that day. Because uh, I got up heaps early and watched the news. I woke up to watch the news. Bloody crazy, man. Never forget, never forget. What was another one? That um, that tsunami that happened on Boxing Day in Thailand, like 2004? That was pretty crazy. Yeah, there's lots of hectic things like that. Like moments where you'll look back on it and be like, I, yeah, I know exactly where I was. Oh, the bro, the Link Cafe siege in Sydney. That was mm-hmm. wild. That was scary because I was in Sydney the day before. Yeah, so I was, I mean, I was actually in Sydney that morning. I woke up and I was like, well, where was I? Like a few hundred meters down the road in my hotel. No, I was watching it on the TV in my hotel. I was like, oh, I'm getting out of the city ASAP. So I jumped up, just checked out, went straight home. Okay, so locked locked the city down. The Bali bombing too. Buddy was supposed to be at one of those uh, clubs and his mum took too long to get ready, so they skipped it. Really? Jeez. So like just hectic stuff what was like it that. just like, whoa. What year was that? I think like 2002. Nah. Uh, 2003? Six. Because it was it's only a few years after 9-11. Lots of hectic stuff. I, I suggest... What's next? Are we due? Are we due for something? Don't say that. The, the storming of the Capitol building, that counts. That's enough. We don't need anything else. Yeah, we'll take that. So yeah, I highly recommend watching this one if you sort of... Yeah, it looks hella interesting. It's really cool. Like Six episodes, so it's pretty easy to get through. Does it take a side though? Uh, no, it just... It's basically like watching someone do an investigation. So he'll like, he digs into things. He's like, okay, so let's talk to this person that owned this thing. Then talk to this person that led to this thing. And Is it only on Binge? Uh, yeah, it'd be on Foxtel as well. But Binge is the easiest one to watch watch it on. I'm uh, not familiar with Binge at all. I was watching it as the episodes were releasing. So I watched it over the course of, I think it was four weeks. I think they did two episodes, two episodes, took a break, and then two episodes again. But now that now that all six are out, like you can just bang them out real quick, nice and easy. All right. Um, yeah, there's definitely something I'm interested in. Uh, and then last night you were saying you watched a, a new movie? Oh, man, I um, actually completely forgot about this. until it, um, I watched the trailer when it came out months ago. Um, then one of the boys at work reminded me, I was like, you're kidding me. Then end up. So it was a pretty cool way of, it's an independent, uh, you could call it a skate movie. It's a, it's called North Hollywood, by the way. People who know would know. It's written, directed by my, uh, Mikey Alfred. He's just like, he's like a, 
LA skater, filmmaker, but um, they, they tried to sell it to a lot of big corporations, but they didn't want it. They just said it was too specific, I guess. Uh, it's actually produced by Pharrell as well. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it stars uh, Ryder McLaughlin, um, Miranda Cosgrove, Vince, Vince Vaughn's in it. He plays like the dad. So it's this kid, he just wants to be like a... He's heavily religious. He's like an altar boy, but at the same time, he's this sort of little badass... He's pretty good skater. He wants to be a pro, but his dad wants him to either go to college or work in construction. So it just follows. It's like, you know, the the narrative really, the, the cliche. Kid wants to be a pro skater, but parents just want him to go to college. But it's very good. Um, it's, it's filmed on location in LA. It's features like a few pro skaters, Andy Reynolds, Paul Rodriguez. It's um, yeah, it's very niche. So, but it's it's like a skate movie that's like a feature length skate movie, like Hollywood skate movie. It's sick. Okay. Yeah, I'd never heard of it until you mentioned it. And I looked it up. It's like mid-90s. Yeah, I watched that. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, so it's the same sort of vibe. It's like... Slice of life type thing. Yeah, it's um, it's like a skate movie, like a Hollywood skate movie. It's very good. And actually, um, Sonny, the kid, the mate, the kid from mid-90s, he's actually in this one. Okay. So it's yeah, similar vibe. It's, it's very cool. But um, I was wondering, there's nowhere to watch. There's nowhere to watch it, nowhere to stream it. But I found there was this... um. They they're doing um you bought you bought a ticket so I paid eighteen bucks and you for a specific screening time and they send you a link and it's like a it was a pretty cool way of doing it and you stream it like live at the time so you got to be ready like at, I was watching eight pm last night and they send you log on and it start streaming I think you can pause it but it only lets you pause for like forty five seconds you can't like fast forward or anything out. and there's like a live chat and that if you want to as well but yeah it was pretty cool it was pretty um pretty cool way of watching the movie. I don't know if I was thinking eighteen bucks is probably heaps because you only watch it once, but at the same time, it's like going to the movies. Yeah, yeah, I suppose it's. And you're supporting, you're supporting like dudes off the street, <laughs> essentially. Like they're probably getting the money directly. It's not going to some big corporation. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool way to watch it, but yeah, it was um, yeah, it was a sick movie. Okay, I'll have to have a dig around, check it out. If anyone can, yeah, if find a manage to watch it. Yeah, it's very good, but yeah, it's um. Pretty nostalgic too, seeing like some of the people in it, like some of the skaters and even some of the spots around LA where they're skating. Like, well, I watched a lot of skate videos and like they use a lot of like local spots. I'm like, yeah, that's sick. I've like seen that in movie, like skate videos. And they're like a lot of local, um, like skate brands and that get in it, like get a run in it, like wearing t shirts and whatnot. So they've, um, they've supported a lot of people, you know, which is good. Just looking after the industry and the community. Yeah, it's cool. And now, a quick word from our sponsors. This week's episode of The Commentary Booth is brought to you by LF9 Designs. Are you in need of a new logo, event poster, Twitch overlays or emotes, or even merchandise designs? Look no further than LF9 Design for all of your graphic needs. The team there can create anything you need to suit all of your styles. Contact Luke at lf9design at gmail.com or follow them over on Instagram at LF9Design. Our second sponsor this week is CR Swim. Swim smart and swim fast. CR Swim provides top-level coaching for swimmers of all levels competing in all aspects of the sport. They focus on providing technique support, swimming efficiency coaching, and energy systems training to help you be the best swimmer you can possibly be. Check them out over on Facebook at CR Swim Squad, or on Instagram at CR underscore swim. You watched 
fairly new series, is it, on Netflix as well? Oh, The Serpent. What's it like? I keep seeing it pop up. I haven't watched it. Is it good? Worth my time? Man, um, oh my God, is it? Um, this is potential, spoiler alert, potential recommendation of the week. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, it was sick, bro. Um, do you know much about it? Only like the real short snippet that it has on the Netflix description. Yeah, I don't know how I found it. I think I just, it only just popped up. It only yeah. just came out. Yeah, it's only been out for like a week or two. Eight episodes. So it's about this, or it's, it's actually based on a true story. Um, Charles Sabraj, he was this gem dealer, and he's half Indian, half Vietnamese, and he um, basically is in based in Bangkok in the seventies in this like resort, um, and it's like a, a all hippie, like Europeans come like hippies there and just chill out. But he, um, so basically he drugs them. And like makes them sick, but then he pretends that he's making them better with this medicine, but it's actually makes them worse. Then he like steals their passports, um, their travelers' checks, all that, and um, buys gems. Then like bootlegs and flips these gems to make more money. But he um, then but to do that, he uses these passports. He takes his photo off and uses the people he's and he murders these like backpackers. Yeah, he uses their identity to travel abroad, and like the cops just can't catch him because he's always a new identity um it's super interesting it's all it's almost like he has like an accomplice like who is his like wife or fake wife and they got like under fake names of course but um yeah it's very bonnie and clyde-esque how they're just always running it's um so it's i think i was reading he finally got oh, i won't spoil it but i was yeah i was i accidentally looked up um, on Google, what happened? Not the real life story, so it was a bit of a spoiler for me because I knew I sort of knew it was going to happen. <laughs> that is the uh, the hard part with true stories. I couldn't help myself. I do love a good uh, based on a true story show or movie, though. I'm a sucker for those. Oh, yeah, it was killer. Very well made. Very, very good. I love them just because like, you're watching and you're like, you couldn't write something this ridiculous and crazy. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. It's always the real stuff that is just ridiculous because you, you can't come up with it <laughs> like the real life stuff that's happened you just you can't write it you can't yep, script it that's gonna have to be one i uh chuck on the list no it's very good i think very i say good. i think I, I did the the typical scrolling through netflix oh, yeah, add to list i'll watch that at some point i've got so many things on that list oh man i was halfway through watching i was saying a couple of people tweeted about how good it was i'm like yeah this is confirming for me yeah, I watched it pretty quick, but I think it's only new, so it will take off. It'd be one of those ones where people finally catch on. Yeah. Like, I don't know what, the Queen's, the Queen's Gambit, you know how good that was. Yeah. I, f- I feel like that happens so much with Netflix. Like, things are... They just keep making really good stuff, hey? And they're real slow burns. Like, it's very rare now that Netflix puts something out and it's immediately huge. Yeah, yeah they just sit there. Mountain, couldn't be like eight months sitting there. Because there's so much, I guess because there's so much coming out, it's not until people sort of, if they haven't heard of it prior and it just pops up, it sort of takes a month or two of people yeah. having a couple of weekends to sit and watch something. And then once people sort of get halfway through, they're like, okay, you know, this is sick. And then all of a sudden, everybody's watching. You're like, where did this come from? Yeah. So um, I just find myself getting in early lately, like uh, behind her eyes. Is that, I don't... Yep. Yeah. We watched it. We talked about that last time. Still hasn't really caught on yet, but that was a bit funny, that was. Yeah, that, that started really strong and then fell off. Yeah, but that's good. Yeah, but the serpent, bro, it's good. 
all right, that's next next up for Lauren and I. We'll chuck that one on. Yeah, and the real, the real life story is wild. Like the last episode sort of gives you updates on where everyone's at in real life, and yeah, it's very interesting. Awesome. Um, didn't know anyone who was in it, like casted. So that's always cool. Yeah, that is always cool too. Yeah, when it's all new people and get introduced for the first time. Um, yeah, it's very good. Very good. Highly recommend the serpent. Sweet. And then yeah, on Netflix, I watched a, sh- a new show on there as well called The Irregulars. Yep. And it's a British crime drama series based on the works of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who's most famous for Sherlock Holmes. Oh yeah. This series focuses on the the people known as the Baker Street Irregulars, who are this group of f- four or five sort of mid-teens, late-teens, and Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson working together to protect and save London from a bunch of supernatural forces. It sort of starts off as just this like crime investigation, typical Sherlock Holmes type thing, and then sort of by two-thirds of the way through that first episode, you go, there's something a little bit more at play here. It's not this isn't going to be a straightforward eight episodes and it does a really good job of sort of blending the typical crime drama, crime investigation with the supernatural elements. So the first episode has a man who can control birds and then in later episodes you have a shapeshifter, uh, a cult known as the Golden Dawn who sort of practice magic and the occult and try and harness the powers of that. Then you have this other character known as the Tooth Fairy who steals people's teeth and grows clones of those pe- people from their teeth. So it's, I really enjoyed this series, like eight episodes and we watched it in two days. Yeah, right. Is it, um, it's given off, is it violent? Like, is it, is the, is the teenager vibe is given off Disney vibes to me. Is it like a bit violent or is it more user friendly? It's probably too dark for young kids, but I reckon like early teens, late teens, perfectly fine. Nothing too graphic or gruesome. Like there's there's a couple of weird moments where you're like, oh, that's a bit gross, but... Costumes are cool. And it, yeah, the costumes are cool. Like if you like the Peaky Blinders style, it's very much that. Yeah, it's... Um, what, what, what year is, is um, Sherlock? Was he like 1870s? Uh, yeah, it's definitely like 1800s. I mean, I love the Sherlock Holmes movies with Rob Downey Jr. I've, yeah. <laughs> they're proper good, I reckon. I've watched them a few times now. Very entertaining. Funny as hell, low-key. Yeah, so Sherlock Holmes is, yeah, set in Victorian England, which is the late 1800s to early 1900s. So it's sort of around that time and yeah, all that sort of aesthetic with the, the costumes and the areas of London that you visit. So it's pretty pretty grimy and dirty in points but i really enjoyed that series it's crazy that era in london eh? it's just all everything you see in tv shows and <laughs> movies is mud on the ground the people must never be clean they don't shower too bad then there's yeah like no no wonder like the the plague and whatnot <laughs> there's some gnarly diseases yeah no yeah. underground like sewage it was just like poop in a in a um bucket and then toss it out on the street in the morning it's never the best weather over there is it i suppose at least it did rain fairly regularly and wash it away but yeah still well not not for me not for me fair 
Yeah, I'll take me um, toilet. I can flush me shower. We can't even, or we, we can, I was going to say, we can't even contain a virus now <laughs> with all that. Imagine it back then. Australia can. Everywhere else, not so much. We just can't get a vaccine rollout going. I think I heard on the radio the other day, Brazil had 200,000 cases in one day. UK, that's bonkers. That is insanity. Just keep the borders shut, I reckon. No, was it Brazil or India? Why don't India? Which was alarming because the Indian cricket team were just over here. Yeah. Yeah. Probably don't let that happen any time soon again. I'm just keen to see, like, international travel's back and from the sounds of it, they're going to allow people that are vaccinated to travel earlier than everyone else. So I'm, I'm one shot away. One shot away. Yeah, it's going to be a free-for-all. I still don't reckon it's a good idea. I, I know I really want to get out and about, but... It's ground zero in the Northern Hemisphere at the moment. Yeah, I want to go back to the US so bad, but I also don't want to die. Yeah, same. Um, Singapore would be cool. There's talk of like a Singapore bubble. I'd yeah, and Japan. Like I'd be keen to go to Japan. Yeah, bro, I really want to go to Japan too. New Zealand, yeah, one day, but not in a hurry. Could be the only option. Because <laughs> that's open now. Yeah, and like I saw flights are cheap as too. Like if you want to land in Auckland at midnight, like you can fly there for 300 bucks. That's all right. Straight to the pub. Yeah, just go and chill out for a few hours before you can check in your hotel. That's fine. Um, I was going to say, I'd have to go over there and watch a game of footy, but I don't know if the Warriors aren't playing games. you got to do something. Like, if you go into New Zealand, you go into an All Blacks game. Yeah. You, see, that's, every time I travel in interstate or whatever, I just make sure there's some sport on I can go to. Make the most of it. Yeah, I've got a couple of Melbourne trips coming up this year, July and November, so that'd be good. Oh, yeah. Hit up the AFL. Yeah, going there for watch Eagles play, then back down the races in November. It's be good to get down about. See what it's all about. And then, yeah, to close out the the last show I watched was over on Disney Plus. We watched uh, the new one on. It's on the Star page. It's called Hellstrom, and it's like it's a Marvel based on a Marvel comics sh- series. But it's really dark and really violent, so it's probably I understand why it's on the Star version and not just the Marvel section. Oh, what is enlighten me? I don't know. I don't have Disney Plus. When Disney purchased Fox last year or the year before, they acquired a boatload of properties. So they have a bunch of movies on there, like Gone in sixty Seconds, Predator, Aliens. They own all of those now. Because they bought Fox. X-Files, they own that. Crazy. So because they purchased all of these things, like Fox, which had all of this stuff under it, they were like, how are we going to use this stuff? Like, we can't just own it and not use it. So what they did is they added a section on Disney Plus called Star, which is everything that is above sort of PG. Yeah, cool. So you get like... All the Gone in 60 Seconds, all the Alien Predator, all of that stuff is up on there. So that's cool. So this show, even though it is Marvel, it, on Disney+, Plus, it's not in the Marvel category. You have to go to Star to watch it. And they don't really push that it's a Marvel series. Like, you get the, the flash of Marvel at the start, but that's it. And See, me not being a um, superhero dude, would I um, probably enjoy this? Maybe. So... The series follows, yeah, the series follows Damon and Anna, who are the children of this, 
The description says they're the children of a serial killer, but as the show goes on, you find out that the serial killer was possessed by this crazy powerful demon, which is then how they got, they end up having similar powers to him, so they can, like, Damon can burn demons out of people, so he basically just exercises them without actually doing the religious exorcism. Anna can just, like, suck the life out of people, they can stop like like um telekinesis like stop things in their tracks without touching them yeah um and then yeah as the series goes on anna and damon are sort of they're sort of separated they don't really talk to each other but because their father starts sort of going back on a rampage they come back together to sort of fight all the demons and stuff so it's it's sort of did you ever watch supernatural when you know when it first came out i was on channel 10 i watched a few episodes like the first ever episodes but i know what i know the sort of vibe yeah so it's got that sort of vibe where like the siblings teaming up to fight the underworld um the characters were pretty interesting and especially the sort of dynamic between them where they're sort of butt heads a little bit but overall the plot is bonkers like even just like from episode to episode like it'd finish and then the next episode would start and we'd sit there and be like what what's happening like I've, you've lost me. This Anna chick is giving off big uh, Mia Wallace vibes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And like the visual effects are awesome, like really good, but sort of as a complete product, probably easy to skip. Like we just finished the f- entire season because they were doing as Disney Plus do week to week releases. Finished finished the first season this weekend and we're like okay that's done like i understand why they didn't renew it for a second season but like it was enjoyable for the the time we watched it but yeah yeah still like just because it jumped all over the place you're like i'm you're losing me and then you it get you back in by halfway through the episode and then something crazy had happened again you're like okay i'm lost again like what's going on so maybe not the best introduction to marvel if you're not a marvel fan yeah, I was just actually doing some reading here. That the actress that plays Anna, Sydney Lemon, she actually debuted on Broadway in a musical alongside Uma Thurman. <laughs> okay, yep, playing like a sister Funny or something. That, after I just said she looks like Mia Wallace. They yeah, they they do look quite similar. <laughs> so what you reckon she not wouldn't wouldn't enjoy or not? Do you reckon it could have been a movie? I think yeah. I think they'd have been better off, like, condensing it, taking out the really key points and making it a two-hour movie. But because it is, like, a ten-hour series, it's kind of, like, a bit bit too much going on. Yeah, three-quarters way through some series, you're like, yeah, you're like, this should have been a movie. Just cut it and make it, like, a semi-long movie. Yeah, the Irregulars is a, a much better Supernatural series. You've smashed a few out of the park. That's all for me. What did Busy you, boy. Is that all for you? Did you have anything else? Yeah, no, I think that'll do. Sweet. I was just um, pretty pumped about Serp- the Serpent, bro. Yep. Is that your top recommendation for the week? Yeah, I'm, I'm giving it a push. But I want people to watch it. It's a cool story. Like, the real-life story, cool. Okay, yeah, it looks like Netflix is the big winner this week, which is surprising. Like, I feel like Netflix... Yeah, they've come back. It's that time of the month. Netflix has been struggling recently. I haven't picked a lot of their stuff, but I'm picking the Irregulars this week. No, nah, I don't know if they've been struggling. I think people have been catching up. 
I think other stream services have been catching up and getting on par. Yeah, because because there are so many now, like something's got to really hook me immediately, otherwise I'm staying on something else. There's always one that sort of takes a backseat for a bit and they catch up. But yeah, Netflix is clear leader, clear clubhouse leader, I reckon at the moment. Alrighty. Happy with that. Thank you for listening to the commentary booth. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate, review and subscribe. You can follow me on social media at Jamie Apps Media and at Pario Magazine. You can follow Blake on Twitter at Captain Crumbs with a Z. Excellent. The Commentary Booth is a fan-funded production of Jamie Apps Media. You can support the podcast alongside our new magazine, Pario Magazine, on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Media. The following people have supported at the publisher level or higher, and you cannot fathom how incredibly appreciative we are for their support. Brian and June Hart, Courtney Paulson, Tracy Apps.